Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of ourselves. Today, we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Robert Duncan. Robert Duncan is a registered yoga teacher trainer, a 200-hour. He is a matrix energetic practitioner, an ecstatic dance DJ, which sounds freaking awesome, and a sacred cacao medicine healer. Sure. I switched those words around. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Robert. Hi, so good to see you. Oh my gosh, it is so good to see you, and I'm glad that I've cornered you in for the day, because if yes. not, it would have been probably another year before we ran into I each other. I know, life, life has a way of uh, you know taking us in fun directions. You're such a busy man, and you've been doing so much, and I was telling someone earlier when we started to book you for the podcast that you and I actually met seven years ago already. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? I know, it's been a long what time. What were we doing? <laughs> I yes, we were, we were, we were uh, working at Oshun Yoga up in yeah. Trinidad. Yeah. Um, yeah, with Kara Lily. With Kara Lily, yep. And yeah. Joel, her partner. So, yeah, that was really my first foray into the health and wellness field. And so, you know, talk about jumping in with both feet. You know, yeah. it wasn't that I just wanted to open a, a practice, it wasn't that I wanted to have clients. I wanted to buy into a yoga studio, I wanted yeah. to just go all That's in right. from the beginning. And, it was a huge learning curve. It was really, really a great yeah. experience. So yeah, yeah, seven we years were, ago. We were all so fresh. Mm-hmm. I remember all mm-hmm. of us that worked there, and there was quite a few of them. I'm not going to name everybody, but we were all so fresh, and like we were just open, and we were just being guided and doing mm-hmm. all this work together. And I remember you doing this amazing, still to this day, some of the most powerful work I've ever had. Mm. And I've seen a lot of healers and, you know, I've done a lot of work myself, but I just remember some of those pieces, which means maybe I should get another appointment with you. (laughs) Um, But some of those pieces still can carry on and continue to this day. Mm. So thank you for that. You're most welcome. I'm so grateful. I'm sure you've had a million people you don't remember any of it, but at at break, I'll tell you if you sure pieces sure sure so let's let the audience get to know who you are yeah so tell us about where you were before trinidad then before the um oshun sure sure so um immediately prior to that i was going to school at hsu so um i'm an hsu alumni decided to stick around, was sort of backing up in time. Uh, I spent one year in a little college in Vermont. And then before that, I was in, I was in Maryland. So I'm an East Coast boy, born and raised. And then pretty much as soon as uh, I got, got word that the West Coast was an interesting place to to be, I decided I'm moving out to California and go (laughs) explore it. And uh, pretty much once I moved out here, I, I never looked back. Yeah. So Humboldt was luckily one of um, 
it was my first spot that I landed here on the West Coast, which I feel really blessed to have that be like my first foray into what does it mean to be in California, you know, and the community here was really warm, really open to me, very receptive. Uh, and I fell in love with the place during my schooling and decided to stay. Uh, it's been really an honor to be a part of this community and to help build it up over the last, gosh, what, 12, 13 years that I've spent around wow. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've seen a lot then. I have. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of changes here, you know, a lot of transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so tell the listeners who may not know you and know your few different things that you do, because that's kind of so many things and they're so exciting and they're super fluid and they're all exciting things within their own scope but tell them what you do in our community specifically running into each one of those and then we'll talk a little bit more about what those are for listeners who have no idea what those words even mean definitely definitely so um each one of my sort of specialties if you'll call them sort of uh could merit a discussion unto themselves because they are relatively unique Uh, practices. But the cool thing that I've sort of tried to do in my life is take all of these practices and create sort of a unifying understanding around them. Some way that I can tie together the energy healing practices that I do quite often, bring together dance and music and sort of these ecstatic states of rapture. How do we bring that into the everyday Um, cacao and using these plant medicines as tools to take us into altered states of consciousness and and to take us outside of our normal patterning so that we have an opportunity to create newness from that space. So all all of these different components, they've sort of been weaving together over a long period of time into this really rich tapestry. So it started off as somewhat diverse uh, things. And then over a period of time, I'm feeling them kind of building into this larger offering that has all of these different facets to it. Um, But if I were to sort of bring it all into one word or one concept, it's really about creating coherence, creating these higher levels, higher orders of coherence um, that's done through aligning our mind, our body, our spirit, our emotions, getting all of our faculties all lined up. And there's so many ways to do that, yes. you know, meditation, yoga, breath work. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Anything, anything really that could fall into a tool, uh, to fall into that toolbox of being able to change our coherence, be able to change our spin, realign ourselves with what our passion, what our drive, what our purpose is. So that's sort of so well said. Yeah, that's so that's where well I'm coming said. from. I love that, and I, I just love that vision of how you just created that for me. And that's really what the idea of the podcast is about: mm. is to be able to bring ideas to listeners that may not know how to get to their quantum alignment. Sure, sure. And they can listen and just get a little piece here and there. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of getting little pieces here and there, so we kind of know what the cacao medicine ceremony is, but can you walk us? through that or someone who doesn't definitely definitely so um first of all let me just start off with cacao is not the same thing as chocolate right that's a really important distinction um they're both very good though, they're by both the way. very amazing and they have <laughs> life-altering capabilities um so the the cacao is generally going to be a little bit more potent because your average chocolate you buy in the stores had stuff removed from it cocoa butters etc for culinary yes. purposes but cacao is the the real thing. It's the the seed of the cacao plant that's been roasted. It may be processed a little bit, but basically we 
either eat the cacao seed or we turn it into a drink, maybe something like hot chocolate. Uh, we consume that with intention, with love. We set forth a purpose for being in there in ceremony. And then after about 15 to 20 minutes, you know, we'll start to feel the effects of the cacao taking hold. And there can be a whole variety of different experiences that people have. You know, it's a medicine journey. It's not something that we're just taking to, you know, to feel a certain way. It's not necessarily a recreational drug, although people use it that way, too. It's really about the intentionality that you walk into the experience with. But uh, 15 to 20 minutes after consuming the cacao, you might feel a little exhilaration. You might feel relaxed. You might feel surges of energy. You might feel emotions coming up. One of the one of my favorite things about cacao is that it isn't a forceful teacher. It's more of an offering teacher. Yes. I like to think of it as opening up the, the door of your heart. It's not going to force you to do any processing. It's not going to force you to do any changes. But if you want the assistance, if you want the cacao to help you change yourself, it's right there. It's ready to help. It's ready to facilitate. And it opens up the heart, both on an emotional but as well as on a physical level, um, we see the and actual blood vessels. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Blood mm-hmm. vessels opening, dilating, more oxygen content. You know, it, there's a whole slew of positive physiological benefits as well as the emotional. I love so, yeah, and the cool thing about cacao is it's really flexible in in how you use it. I've done cacao ceremonies where it's like a restorative yoga class. We're propping ourselves up. We're we're sort of creating this womb, sacred womb container, and spending a lot of time going inwards. So that's one form that I like using it with. Another form is with dance. Um, I really feel that cacao is a powerful tool to kind of let us let our inner dancer out and and sort of shed any inhibitions that we might be kind of um, covering our brightness. Oh, I love how you explain that. Yeah. So so if yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the cacao can like uh, enable our brightness, enable that light from yeah. our heart to kind of shine, to sparkle through. Yeah. So ecstatic dance with uh, cacao is really, really fun. So tell someone what ecstatic dance actually means. I mean, obviously, you know, they go hand in hand. Sure. And I'm doing those kind of things, whether I know I was doing it or not. But yeah. this setting you're talking about is maybe with other people. Yes. And uh, tell me about that. Tell me about that whole vibe. Someone who's never walked into one. What sure. would they experience and what would that look like and feel like? So ecstatic dance is a really interesting phenomenon. It starts to take hold uh, pretty much the whole world round actually ecstatic dance it's a big dance floor open movement you get to move your body any way that you feel inspired by the music uh, it's a no drugs no alcohol event usually that's what so we it's all ages it's then. all ages oh, yeah crazy. it's very inclusive I liken it to the vibe of a festival where you see people of all ages, of all types, who are coming together in community to dance with one another. Uh, Ecstatic dance is really popular with people who like contact improv, uh, people who like acro yoga, people who like to have, people who like to gravitate towards the edges of your music events, who want the space to move and kind of express their body in a variety of different ways. It's a safe container to express yourself through movement without judgment and allow the transformation of your body to occur in a group space 
where you can observe other people dancing and you can witness their their changes they're going through. And maybe you can borrow a little bit of how they're moving and how they're dancing to inform the way that your body can now move and how you can now navigate through your life. So ecstatic dance is a really, really powerful space. You get out of the mind. You get out of thinking and you just get into movement to following the music and to, to flowing with it and seeing where your body wants to move, what wants to unpack, what wants to be released. The dance floor is such a magical space for all of those things to occur. And you don't have to try when you're feeling the music, when you're feeling the dance, it happens naturally. I've gotten into some of the deepest yoga poses, you know, handstands just spontaneously perfect balance. And that's a challenge for me, despite practicing yoga for a while. But if when I'm dancing, I can get into it instantly and hold it effortlessly. Like on the dance floor. On the dance floor. <laughs> on, like, yeah, I'm, I'll get wow. into all of these weird contortions. And I'm and coming just to see this happen. <laughs> please, please do come check it out. There's such magical spaces. Yeah, I um, and the feelings that people have after a dance are what are similar to what somebody might feel after a yoga class, after a profound meditation, after sitting with a guru or with a master or something like that. And I feel that the guru we're sitting with when we're in the dance isn't any one person or one entity. It's the divine self within us that's expressing through movement and Absolutely. expressing through motion. Um, the the African proverb, you know, if you can walk, you can dance. If you can talk, you can sing. There's something really powerful about that. If you have the ability to do the minimum, you also have the ability to do something more. You have the ability to go above and beyond. And there's a lot of value to going above and beyond just what's necessary, just that minimum. When we dance, when we sing, when we play, we're going above that sheer minimum that's needed and we don't need to we don't need to because we can we can get things done with the bare minimum but what happens when we give a little bit more what happens when we let our heart shine a little bit brighter than is the bare minimum doors start opening people start flocking to us opportunities start coming at us all of a sudden because we're putting out that lightness we're putting out that brightness and it's reflecting back to us and we're aligning with this abundant path. And then, of course, everything's just good on that path. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's my little sure. addition for that. But, totally. Well, I wish that the listeners could see your movement just mm. in the way you were describing that. So maybe we can get a little bit and put it on our Facebook. Sure. Or our Instagrams. Sure. Um, but I have a quick question for you. And I wonder if you can speak to the topic of, and you brought up a great point. When people are communicating, when they're meditating, when they're doing yoga, when they're in mantra or meditation or deep within themselves, and from like a scientific or more of a medical perspective, that's actually oxytocin, serotonin, mm. dopamine, like all that stuff, like releasing, which is, you know, what we've heard it become called the bliss chemical. Sure. Can you, can you speak to any of that by chance? I mean, I'm sure you can. But sure, sure. Um, my understanding on the biochemical level is... Yeah is just kind of a uh, very, very uh, surface understanding. But 
I'm more interested in how do we get into those states? Exactly. You know, because I mean, how we tap you, into that. Right. Yeah. Knowing about those things is really useful, but knowing about the dopamines and the serotonins isn't always experiencing them. You know, and that that comes to something that my teacher used to tell me: awareness of things is not the same as resonance with things. Right. You can acknowledge right. that something exists, but not resonate with it. Yes. So we want to actually resonate with the dopamines and the serotonins. How do we get right. to trigger those? How do we start to sort of release? our own pharmacy and dance that's it's, what I want yeah it's totally a way to, to do with that. you on it okay mm-hmm. cool so can you share with the listeners like how we could tap into that like Definitely. ideas and stuff because Definitely. those the natural I mean so if someone has anxiety or depression or not feeling in alignment what are some things they can do to tap into those particular chemicals to mm-hmm. get them there because mm-hmm. that's why you're like super high right yes we walk in we're like oh my god so good to see each other and we're like on this high high vibration Mm -hmm. it's probably because we're doing like a lot of cool stuff so tell me what you're doing (laughs) right right so when when we're starting uh when we're starting to move our body yeah we're we're moving more than just the physical and the biochemicals get released as soon as we start to to act in that playful mood as soon as we start to move into our dance Flooding our system with the feel-good chemicals is the surefire way to have yourself feeling different in a very short period of time. And the great thing is, this is our own internal pharmacy. Flow states are a really big buzzword in the health and wellness community. And I think that dancing is a really effective way to get us into those flow states. So some of the some of the generally understood ways of getting into flow uh, you're, you're not, or characteristics of being in flow, I should say, you're not thinking as much. A sense of time gets distorted. We have more energy than we seem to know, you know, where it comes from. We don't understand like, why is all of this energy surging through me? We seem to have extra drive, extra focus. Other things fade out of our awareness and we seem to really zone in on what we're doing. That's what that's called. So the float, I mean, we have all of these words that are trying to describe this, you know, and somebody who's coming at the alignment of self from a more scientific understanding may use words like flow state or biohacking. Somebody who's coming at it from more of a yogic perspective might say that their chakras are aligned or they had a kundalini experience or they had a profound state of rapture or they felt a moment of enlightenment. These are all different words and ways that we're trying to describe a phenomenon that is happening to a human being totally natural. And it's a part of what we as human beings I think should be utilizing as our tool set to transform our reality. These, these ways of changing ourselves on, on a fundamental level are how we're going to lift up our whole planet and lift up our whole species into, if you want to call it the next dimension, if you want to call it the next sort of level up for our species. Getting into these flow states, getting into these uh, ecstatic feeling spaces it's really, really simple when you're not doing it through thinking. You can do it through thinking, but it's a challenging route to get there. Even the yogis acknowledge there are many paths to enlightenment and some of them are easier than others. There are different positives and negatives to each of those paths along the way and to each their own. But any door will do. 
It doesn't, it doesn't matter which door that you <laughs> right. start walking through. If you choose to walk through a door in the direction of enlightening your life, not that static enlightenment, but the everyday enlightening. So this concept of any door will do, I think is a really useful rule for, for your listeners, for anybody to start to entertain. Sometimes we get locked into believing that the answer to our solutions is just one thing. And oftentimes it's not the thing we think it is. Sometimes the best way to go about change is through the unexpected pathway. And that's, that's part of where this concept of any door will do. If you're feeling like you're stuck emotionally, go and clean your house, go do your dishes. Go do something that is not related to the thing that's triggering you, you. Go. Mm -hmm. and go do some movement somewhere else in the terrain of your, your life. And there's something called sympathetic magic where you sort of link things in your consciousness and you can say, all right, I'm going to be doing my dishes, but every dish I do is actually linked to the emotional stuff I'm working through right now. And that way you don't even have to entertain what these different emotional things you're dealing with are, you're just doing your dishes. But because you've set forth that intention from the get-go that every dish you do is actually working on the other emotional stuff that you've got going on, you're working on yourself through your subconscious, through your unconscious. So this any door will do concept is really powerful. If you're feeling challenged by your family members, you don't always have to go and sit down with your family members and have a conversation with them. Maybe you go and take a walk and you just go and hug a tree and go, tree, I love you so much. Thank you for having your roots and your leaves and, yes. and breathing your air. And if you can get yourself aligned with love and lightness and compassion. In whatever means. In whatever yes. means, then it carries over because we can't compartmentalize as well as we think we can, but that's okay because that can be used to our disadvantage or to our advantage. If we can't compartmentalize as well, then going and working on your dishes is going to change how you feel emotionally about your finances, as long as you set it up that way. Magical tools are really, really powerful, although they're not necessary for us to be able to perform magic and to be able to transform ourselves through these various practices. They can help us to get into character. They can help us become the magician, become the shaman, become that person who weaves magic in our life. Those tools are not the things that do magic. We're the ones who do magic. We use these tools to assist us. So there are lots of tools out there. Some of them may be physical objects. Some of them might be rules or concepts or ideas groupings of ideas that can really facilitate ourselves navigating through the terrain of our daily life. So tools come in all sorts of different packages and there are advantages to every type of tool out there. I would consider yoga to be a tool or a toolbox unto itself. I would consider meditation and breath work to be toolboxes unto themselves. So one of the things I try to encourage my clients and the students that I teach is to widen their toolboxes, to bring in as many tools as they can from different disciplines and different dimensions. The purpose behind this is that the, the universe presents us with new challenges all the time. And if we have a really wide 
array of tools to be able to shift our momentary awareness, how we're feeling in the moment. If we've got a huge number of tools, then there's never a moment where we go, I don't know what to do, and so I'm not going to do anything about it. When you have a tool to change your consciousness, or two, or 12, or 30, then that means you've always got something available to try and shift yourself up. And this also brings me to another one of my sort of meta rules. And maybe this is a useful concept for us to start to explore. What is a meta rule? You know, we all have rules, you know, you drive on the right side, but that's not a meta rule because you can't apply that to England or somewhere else. So a meta rule would be something that is true over large, you know, large swaths of any terrain. But a meta rule that I like to employ in magic is that limitations are imposed by our mind. They're, they're not really imposed by the field of consciousness. So if we're feeling limited, then chances are that's based on something that we've got going on in our own consciousness. One of the meta rules that I like to remind myself of quite often is that I'm the central point of reference for every experience that I am having and will have. Which means there is always leverage. There's always a space for grace, always an opportunity for me to leverage my consciousness, my awareness in every experience I have. So that means... I love that that's so powerful. It's so simple and it's so yeah, powerful. Wow. And, and it really brings you back into your heart and back into your power and, and acknowledges that we can change things about ourselves in a nanosecond. And I think that's so important mm-hmm. that we know that because some people feel there's nothing they can do or they're just in a depressed place or mm. in an uncomfortable body or, yes. or whatever it be. Um but that if everyone could kind of grasp that just a little bit, mm-hmm. wow, that's a powerful one. So thank you. You're thank welcome. you for sharing yeah. that. I'll, I'll also put in there that a sense of struggle creates a struggle. Okay. When, yes. When that's you, true. when yeah. you gear up to fight your depression, you are, yes. you're fighting your own beast. Yes. So there are sometimes it's, sometimes it's the correct direction to let the fight die. And, and to shift up how you're approaching the problems or the challenges in your life. And this is where, where magic can really come into the rescue. When, when doing things through the normal solution pathways aren't working, right. then magic can come in and can sort of shift us into a new mode of thinking, a new way, a new alignment, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can do so through the unexpected pathway. Usually magical experiences happen unexpectedly. It's not something that you can sort of concoct in this in a same recipe. You can try and set yourself up to have magical experiences and to have the magic occur in your life, but it's not a rigid recipe that's going to happen the same way every time. And in fact, we don't want to be approaching magical actions and trying to change our our consciousness from the same angle every time. We can get into a rut with it. We can get into expectations for how it's going to work, how we're going to feel on the other side when, who knows? Who knows if 
if we might be doing ourselves a disservice by getting into that rut of approaching it the same way over and over and over again. Right. So again, this comes back to that width of the toolbox. If we've got more tools, more angles to transform ourselves, we've got more capability to change ourselves in any given situation. I love this. I love this so much. Well, I appreciate you for being here. We're going to take a short break. Isn't it about time to do that? Okay. And so um, we're going to have chocolate and cacao and whatever else I have in this desk. Yum. All of us. It happens to be that time in our podcast where we give a short shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. Om Shala Yoga in Arcata, California is Humboldt County's premier yoga studio. We offer daily classes in many styles of yoga, as well as sauna, massage, special events, expert teachers, and community. Our classes are appropriate for beginners and all levels of practitioners. Yoga is for everyone. Visit www.omshalayoga.com for our class schedule or for more information. Namaste. Hello and welcome back. We have a box of chocolates. Actually, we have a ray of chocolates. Oh, who chose this one? We split it. Oh, good, good, good. Mm-hmm. So we have a ton of chocolates um, on the table and some really awesome tea. I made some really cool tea. I'm going to tell you about this because in a moment we're going to get into what you do for self-care. Yes. Um, I have this thing that I'm doing recently. It's the pine pollen. It's collagen. It's mm. like a lot of hot water because mm. with collagen, I realized you have to do a lot of hot water, they said, because I got a colonics the other day and completely, they said I was super dehydrated. And the first thing she asked was, are you doing a lot of collagen? I said, oh my God, yes. Uh, so anyways, uh, collagen, and then it is this chicory bark and root and beet powder. Mm. It's amazing. Wow. Like, I'm so into it. I mean, I've been doing it, you know, like a while. Like, yeah. I would dare to say a couple years. But uh, just recently have I added some of the root and bones powder into it, and it's incredible. What do you do as habits for yourself, Robert? For self-care. Yeah, yeah. I, I really cycle through a lot of different things. One of, what are you doing right now? Tell right, us. right now, probably I've got maybe about four different things that are a part of my pretty much everyday practice. Perfect. One, when I get up in the morning, first thing, I'm taking deep breaths. I'm drinking water. I'm spending the first 30 minutes of my day just for me. Yes. I don't, I don't answer my phone. I don't do emails. I don't do nothing. It's Good. just me aligning with what my day is, what my moment is, yeah. how I'm feeling right then. And then do I need to adjust that? So that first little window in my day is sort of setting myself up for the whole rest of my day. And that 30 minutes doesn't always have to look the same. Sometimes it's me just staring out the window, watching the light start to turn it can be something really simple. It doesn't have to be grandiose. But that's that's the first thing. I love that one. Number two, I'm going for a walk. Having a dog really helps every day, Good every single you. day. I yeah. mean, if I don't, then my dog tells me. You know, So I do have that added responsibility to help get myself out there and make sure that I'm doing it almost every day. Uh, but getting on a walk, I use that as sort of my first my first opportunity of really moving my body in different dimensions. And again, I'm using my walking as a moving meditation. 
How's my body feeling? How did I sleep? What did I wake up with? What's carrying over from yesterday? Can I walk those things off? Can I start to move my body, find the kinks? And then as you know, I notice, wow, my hips are really tight. Can I start to consciously loosen them? And then throughout my walk, I notice a huge change. Physical benefits, mental, emotional benefits, you name it. It's exercise. It's getting things moving. It's essential. So again, my practices end up being really simple sometimes, but they're really powerful. They're the best ones. They're some of the most powerful ones. Um, I meditate almost every night right before I go to bed. That seems to be my sweet spot. Uh, I've tried meditating right when I wake up. My mind is already moving pretty quickly when I'm up in the morning. So the easiest time I have to really drop into that meditative space is right before I go to bed. And I, I really like kind of slipping in and out of that dream space in, in a seated position. It's really profound. I really do some amazing work there. Uh, I find emotional changes occur in that meditative space at night right before I go to sleep. So those are some of the simple ones that I have installed in my sort of daily uh, daily life. But I always have my other toolboxes of things available. And Matrix Energetics is is sort of my glowing toolbox that I, I go to very often because it's so flexible. It's so open-ended. It's so fun and fast and easy. Tell us a little bit easy. about that. Yeah. So Matrix Energetics is, if I were to broad brush stroke it, it is energy healing taken to the quantum potential level and then stripping out some of the limited rule sets about what healing is how long it's supposed to take what form it's supposed to look like and asking ourselves can we move into radical transformation in just the slip of of a hat just just the drop of a dime can we really very subtly and quickly move into altered states of being without a whole lot of fanfare and I think that we can talk about, you know, something like flow states as, as trying to acknowledge the, the, a similar thing. We're trying to get into these altered states of consciousness so we can change ourselves. And whether we're doing that through uh, repetitive action like sports or yoga or something like that, or we're doing it through dropping into an altered state of consciousness and asking an open-ended question or tracking a feeling as it's arising within you and then be able to move that feeling and shift it. There's a lot of utility in having toolboxes that are very flexible in how you can apply them. Uh, Matrix Energetics enables me to, say, work on the relationship that I have with my brother. If there's something sticky in our relationship, what I might do is outside of a conversation with my brother, me working on myself, I would drop down into my heart. That's a concept we talk about in in Matrix Energetics and other people have understanding of what that is. But drop down into the heart, move into your heart space, drop out of the mind. And once you're there, once you're in your heart, more open-ended space, you can ask open-ended questions. You can go, what if I were to feel something different right now? And that's a really useful question. One of the most powerful second steps of of open-ended questions is a little space for answer. So if we can ask better questions, if we can ask these open-ended questions, what would would it be like if I approached this differently? 
and you allow yourself some space to actually feel what that answer might be, allow the answer to bubble up from your unconscious, from your subconscious. The open-ended question is, is one of our first tools. You know, so heart space, open-ended questions. Those are two big pillars of matrix energetics in, in bringing magic and I transformation in. Um, curiosity and play. That's another big pillar of matrix energetics that I feel sets it apart from other energy healing modalities or techniques. We're getting really curious about what's going on here. We're not just a- applying a patch or a band-aid or being, you know, or we're just, we're not just running energy. We're actually getting curious, like, what is this pattern? We have to now. We have to. There's like nothing you know? else left. Yeah, right, we have right. to. We want to we wanna drill down and really mm-hmm. find what these specific patterns are and address them. And the cool thing about using something like matrix energetics to address them is that you don't always have to know what the patterns are to be able to play with them. And that's the cool thing about language and labels. Say that you're having an issue with your finances, but you don't know what your issue is. You're just having an issue with your finances. There's not enough money coming in. You can literally do a session on yourself that is called your finances. You don't need to know anything more about it. You have the label that you need to be able to touch the field of information to change it. Any door will do. Any label will do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Explain that a little more. Yeah, because, you know, our next question is going into self-care recipe. And this is like a perfect answer for that right? Financial, because mm-hmm. I think it's a big one for a lot of people. Sure. Uh, root chakra kind of stuff and Survival. sacral moving up. Yeah. You know, to move that dimensional frequency, what would you suggest to someone who's coming to you asking for that specific? Can you guide us through something like sure, that? Sure. Sure. Okay, Robert, sure. let's do it. If a client came to me and let's say that it was a very broad thing and, you know, they say, oh, I'm, I'm wanting more money. I'm experiencing money issues in my life probably one of the first things I would address would be the neutrality issue. So is my client neutral to the amount of money that they're experiencing now? And usually... What does that mean? So it's a good thing to clarify. What is neutrality? Why is neutrality important in creating changes for yourself? When I ask my client, what do you have more of an emotional reaction to? having lots of money Mm. or not having lots of money. I see. Almost always the people who come to me and say money is an issue are going, I have more emotion with regards to not having money. That's where more of the charge is. And the universe works based on charges. Magic reality play works on charges. So whatever you've got more charge to is where more juice is flowing. So if you're really in fear with regards to a disease or some problem, and you're kind of locked into the fear, the distress, the pain, the struggle, and you keep entertaining those things, you're going to get more of that. I love that you say that because I think so many people need to hear that. Can you rephrase that in a different way? Mm. Because that is like really good. Yeah. That's a really good piece. Yeah. The charges that we are holding are what creates our reality right and we're the charges are not always on our conscious awareness level a lot of our charges are below the surface and we have to be radically honest with ourselves and and acknowledge wow i'm not neutral to the amount of money that i'm bringing in now so much so that my charge is even greater 
to not having money than it is to having money? Where am I being drawn through the charges that I'm projecting out there? And it's in the direction of not money. So if, if I want to bring in abundance, how do I start to resonate with abundance? That's a great open-ended question. Yes. How do I start resonating with abundance? And it may be different for each person. That's true. That's what, true. What would you give as a tool? Well, see, what's cool, what's awesome is that I would ask my clients to let that question exist as a seed within their consciousness. Okay. And that, yeah. that if they continue to go back to the seed and ask that question again and allow the feeling, the response as a feeling space, as something that is n- noticed in the moment that you start to align yourself with the feelings of what having more abundance is. It may not look in the way that you expect it, but if you can start to align yourself with the feeling of it, then it can manifest in a variety of different ways. We, we want to shift our charges to more neutral. Okay. Now, and this is, this is where this might be a concept that, that, um, for folks who are really into power of intention and setting forth your goals and stuff like this, this may, you know, I might be trying to find more of a middle path than the create your vision boards. You must be super specific about it all. Right, right, right. Because again, the charges that we have are what creates our reality and we're not conscious of all of the charges we have. But we can start to create changes. We can move into a more potentialized space when we're more neutral. We don't have to get totally neutral, just more neutral. That's so moving in the direction. So you don't have such a charge towards exactly. something that we don't want, right. which is typically what happens, right? We're sure. thinking about it. We're trying to figure out how to fix it. We're trying to right. do the right. So you're saying to kind of let it be, like you were saying earlier in the podcast, go do dishes, go do this, go right. do that. Like leave the conversation you were talking about with your brother and go inwards and like do that. So it's all coming back together. I love this mm. thought. Mm-hmm. I, I love this. This is great. And this is good information for people. It's really about changing how you're approaching any given experience. If it's not working for you, then change the angle, change the rotation of your awareness. That's something that we would use as an exercise in a matrix energetic seminars, change the rotation of your awareness with regards to a situation. And what would that look like? Yeah, how what would, does that mean? Yeah. Yes. So, so, um, literally if you were to look at a seminar at people doing that, many of them would be there with their eyes closed. Maybe their hands would kind of be waving in the air, looking like they were feeling fields of information, but it wouldn't look like much to somebody on the outside. If they weren't able to track the energy, track what was going on in these individuals. Wow, Robert, thank you so much. I love to come to you, but other people in the community come to you Mm. because you are so good at what it is that you do. And Mm. uh, in a moment, I want you to give us all your social media platform information so that way people can reach out to you and communicate with you because you're really good at response, call and response and communicating with people. And before we do leave, though, this is the time in our show where we play the wisdom for healing cards. And what we'll have you do is you can just hand scan them or energetically feel them or look at them, whatever is best for you. You can shuffle through if you'd like. And while you're doing that, I'll play the singing bowl. (laughs) My favorite part. Whenever you're ready, you can share it with the listeners and so our live audience today. Wonderful. Okay. 
So the card, the card of choice is notice subtle changes. Well, hell. <laughs> so perfect. So perfect. It is perfect. Today's Perfection. lesson, color is power. Select a color you don't normally wear and introduce that into your thinking and feeling, not oh, just wow. your wardrobe. Start thinking in purples. Yeah. Start thinking in greens. If your normal mode is in a certain way, change up how you do it and notice the subtle changes that come from something as simple, simple as thinking in a different color. It changes your energy. It changes your field and your sense of self. And if you can discover how these changes can increase or change or shift how you feel in any given moment. So... Noticing subtle changes, that's what magic is all about. The subtlest change can have profound impact. Something as simple as seeing a little coin flipping side to side, it seems like something so simple and even benign. But if you allow yourself to move into that experience and notice the changes from something as simple as that, they can have profound impact on your life. Yes, I love so this. So there's... The, the thing I want all listeners and everybody in the world to start embracing is that they have so much power within their own being, within their own heart to create their reality. And they are doing so whether they want to or not. Yes. That's the name of the game. So we can either do so consciously or we can continue to do so unconsciously. Whatever your choice is, I'm here to support people who want to make conscious changes in their life. And I've got lots of avenues to do it. Yes, thank you. You have tons of tools. Yeah, whether mm -hmm. we're sitting down one-on-one -on -one sessions, group sessions. Um, Matrix Energetics is my primary tool. If people want to come and have a session with me, I do them uh, over Skype as well as in person. Um, I offer yoga classes to help people move their body and sort of learn about yoga as a toolbox. Um, I've been teaching at Om Shala for a couple of years. People can come and take a class with me there. I do ecstatic dance, and I offer that around the Arcata community several times a month. I usually post those events on my website. What I'm, is that for others that want to know? Yeah, yeah my website is coherenexus.com, C-O-H-E-R-E-N-E-X-U-S.com. Great, and we'll also have that on our website as well, mm -hmm. so people can reach out to you via that as well if they need. Definitely. And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You can find me as Robert Duncan. You can also find Cohere Nexus. So both of those are, are active up on uh, the social networking platforms. I love you, Robert. Thank you, you so Pepper. much. I didn't realize we were going to have a healing session for everybody today. Look at Riley. He's over there passed out. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for making time, honestly, today to come into our show and help encourage each and every one of our listeners to get one step closer to aligning to their highest self, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional bodies. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Have a magical, wonderful day, and let's try to make this your very best life ever.
This episode has been brought to you by the Hailstorms of Paris.